4: I am awake.
1: Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot, and we discuss local and national Native news and events. And as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues and human issues are Native issues.
3: You're absolutely right, Dega. And this portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition.
1: Which do really great work. And I just want to give a quick shout out to everybody that uh, donated to my birthday uh, Facebook uh uh, pledge uh, got over uh, $900, and I really appreciate you. And that goes directly to the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, it's Monday, and we have Dr. Stately here. And Dr. Stately is the president and executive officer of Native American Community Clinic here. And Dr. Stately, I was in uh, uh, this weekend, I was in Green Bay, which is uh, the home of uh, a football team, but also. I was emceeing the Wisconsin uh, Democrat convention, and uh, I got to tell you, the they had a guest, uh, a special uh, guest, surprise guest and it was Amy Klobuchar, and oh, nice. I was like totally blown away on how well she does and did, and she was just awesome. Nice,
2: awesome. She was
1: um in Wisconsin, huh? yeah, they flew her in i'm just uh I'm sneezing here and having an attack uh tell a story while i'm uh freaking out no, I'm just kidding um and uh <clears throat> uh you guys that are watching us on uh facebook live you could could see that that I was sneezing my brains out, but uh, it was really a privilege to be there. And one thing, one takeaway too, I'm really, really glad that I live in Minnesota because we do some things uh, really different, and especially when it comes to our native communities. I think we were, we were put out in the forefront in a, uh, a lot of ways that Wisconsin doesn't do and they're still learning. Um, so it was really an interesting contrast to see, again, what happens here in Minnesota because of our representation and what happens in Wisconsin when they're <laughs> gerrymandered uh, unbelievably.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a big challenge for your state, uh, your home state. Um, were you there as a delegate, or how were you, like...
1: No, I was an I was, uh, they wanted my, uh, I was not a Ho-Chunk representative. I was a representative of Native Ritz Radio, so that was really fun. And as you probably know, we had... Uh, a pro to say, which on uh, our show a couple times during their uh, big last win, which was Mm -hmm. their Supreme Court judge. Yep,
2: yep. So that.
1: they must have must have liked how I sounded and then they didn't really listen to the show that closely that I can't read and that I mispronounce everybody's names. So uh <laughs> <laughs> maybe well, next year I won't be invited, but uh it worked out really well and I got help with all the, uh, the there's a lot of Polish people living in Wisconsin too with with their names and uh and it yeah, worked they out have, well.
2: They have a lot of um and, well, you can't sound, sound say their names the way they're spelled because they don't sound the way they're spelled. I have, a, yeah, I have a colleague of mine who always has to remind me of how to say his name. <laughs> hey,
1: you know, uh, I'm wondering, we haven't talked about this, Dr. Stately, in a while. Um, where are we at with COVID? Are there new strains? Are there, uh, uh, in the? and I guess, too, you having... COVID. And I want to remind our audience that you were hospitalized before, uh, before there was uh, any kind of vaccine. shot or vaccine. And um, what are you seeing in the community long-term and also anything new coming up?
2: Well, I think that generally speaking, I would say, you know, um, that we have more than an abundant evidence that um, the vaccines are effective, um, uh, especially the newer ones, the bivalent. Right. Um, I was just having this conversation with my sister the other day, cause she was like talking about going to see her father who is elderly and um, my sister-in-law actually. So going to see her father in Florida for father's day next week. And, um, And I said, well, you know, and he um, has spent the better part of the last year or two, him and his wife, elderly wife, um, kind of sheltering in place, not letting a lot of people come to visit them, not really going out a whole lot and socializing and being in other spaces with family members and friends and in the community broadly. Um, She reminded me that he was like – you know he mentioned to some of his family members and some other folks who were kind of salty about him being so um you know like a shut in over those years um she said he reminded them all like you know, well yeah, <clears throat> you all get sick with covid and you're like you know you're sick for a couple of weeks or you're like unable to you know go to work or something he goes i get he goes me and you know um grandma Sandy get like um covid um we get sick and we can die so there's a different level of risk there so he explained fairly well like why he made the choices he made but they finally are starting to kind of come out and go out and socialize and they're feeling comfortable they've gotten all their shots their series of shots and i did mention to her that like you know it'd probably be a good idea like if you haven't had your um most recent covid booster shot um um, it might be a good idea to do it before you go to, um, visit your family in Florida and your father in Florida, because, um, there's still circulation out there. There's still, um, you know, all kinds of challenges. Um, um, you know, people that traveling, traveling on a plane, being in tight quarters on that jetway. Turns out that the most, um, highest risk for getting, um, maybe contracting a virus isn't necessarily on the plane with the air circulation because they, they retrofit lots of airplanes with those better circulation systems, but lined up like cattle on the, on, on, on the, tar, on the jetway while you're waiting to get on the plane is probably not a great place to sort of like sit for 20 minutes waiting for um, your seat and to get on the airplane. So just practicing good um, general, practices of like preventing the, the same kind of thing you would prevent a cold with or the flu with same practices wash your hands keep some social distance if you're not feeling good cover your face if you're not feeling if you're feeling really sick then stay home from wherever you're going um because there are real world outcomes for people that are a little bit vulnerable and yeah. I encouraged my sister to take her second, her second series of shots again, because she hasn't had one since last April, a year ago, April. And I said, we really are in a space where like, we're treating it like an endemic, you know, kind of like what you would do is you get a regular annual shot for like the flu or some other sort of thing that you can pick up. Um, in the sort of like in the general public, um it won't it won't hurt you, but it certainly will um will protect you if it's necessary when when the time comes. So.
1: Yeah, I think uh, you know it, the last variants of covid was really highly contagious. and mm-hmm. I know I know a lot of people that I've known, or the few people I know that have kind of traveled around the world, whether it was uh, uh, to Italy or something, have come back with – covid yeah. and again not yeah. severe because they've been a quadruple vaxxed but still it's out there and that's a good point about the airport you guys got to do what i do and that's like uh even if they're calling first class and i'm way at the end of the plane i go in there and pretend i'm in first class and so i can get my bags up there no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, Well, it seems like, you know, now that you just had your birthday, you can go in that one line where they say, like, you know, the elderly that need assistance and those those people. Yeah,
1: Yeah, you know, limp up there, right? I think I... You
2: don't even have to lie. You are now.
1: You must have saw me walking this morning and going, why am I limping? Yes, because I'm practicing to get in the front line of the plane. I get it now. Hey, we're here with Dr. Stately, and we're going to take a quick short break here And uh, resume our conversation. Stay with us. Stay with
5: us.
7: Did you know there are easy ways to support your child's brain development during their critical early years from age zero to three? Little Moments Count is a website which provides tools to help parents engage in simple everyday activities like talking, playing, reading, and singing with their children. Visit LittleMomentsCount.org for resources and support in giving your child a strong foundation for a lifetime of learning. That's LittleMomentsCount.org. LittleMomentsCount.org.
1: When it comes to mental health, making connections with others can be a way forward. How do you reach out when you need someone? What do you do to support those who struggle? Connections can bring comfort, hope, and joy. Find ways that work for yourself and others like sending a text, sharing a moment, offering a hug, seeing an old friend, creating space to listen. Visit cmentalhealth.org. That's cmentalhealth.org. cmentalhealth.org.
5: Life is a journey, and the Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas will help you get where you want to go. Located in downtown Minneapolis, this affordable two-year college provides free textbooks, a laptop, meals, career coaches, and a Metro Transit pass, making DFC the perfect pathway to a bachelor's degree. Turn your dreams into reality at Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas. Apply today at dfc.stthomas.edu. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio.
1: And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot.
3: This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition.
1: I love that tagline because they really do, and they really are doers. And we have the president and executive officer of Native American Community, uh, clinic here, Dr. Stately. And, Dr. Stately, uh, I just want to maybe just finish up our just our little discussion, last discussion, and then get on to something else about COVID still being a thing. Uh, I've, I've heard reports from friends that own businesses and restaurants that, you know, people need to, if they're not feeling well, They need to not go out or especially wear a mask and protect everyone. And I, and we're not out of the woods and it's still spreading.
2: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, there's like, um, there's, um, other things that you can, um, pass along to people too. I think like just a little bit of, um, you know, a little bit of a dose of like, you know, um, um, you know, Kindness and generosity and also a little bit of like, you know, being a good relative, like, you know, don't go out and visit people if you don't have a scratchy throat or sore throat or you're not feeling well or you have, you know, know, sneezing fits, you're fine because you're in that little closet that you're in. Um, but I think that one of the things, like, you just want to remember, like, you don't know who you're going to be around. Like, you make assumptions, oh, it's fine, I'm not, I'm not that sick. You, you know, remember that, like, there's other people in your area or in the environment that could catch whatever you have. I have a, I have a colleague or a friend of mine who's um, in their, um, you know, late 60s, um, I think probably about to turn 70, and, you know struggles with asthma and a few other things and like as much as i want to spend time and you know be in their space if i'm not feeling well i'm going to really be thoughtful about whether or not i want to go and be around them when i'm not feeling well because i don't i want to be cautious i don't want to get them sick right there's um, some vulnerable people um can get things from us too that are fairly they might be innocuous to us they might not be all that like um problematic for us but the problem is that we don't know whether or not we don't know anybody else's health status and we don't know whether or not that's going to impact people and then i think on the on the other side it's fine to be cautious right like you know um i know that like we've had two or three solid years of like not really being all that social so lots of people have fomo you know fear of missing out <laughs> yeah. you know real thing i think you know it's actually a diagnostic sort of like probably um thing that will be in the next uh um dsm4 for um, psychiatric disorders but people do have uh, i'm saying that in all jest by the way don't don't i was hoping
1: the medical journal would have a picture of me looking sad with my fomo face
2: yeah with your fomo face do you have like an actual legit fomo face i'm pretty sure um but uh you know, um, being thoughtful about, you know, like, you know, that, you know, um, I get that it's, you know, we've been locked up for two years. We're afraid of like missing out on something, especially something really super cool. Like, I don't know, an example would be like last week NCAI was in town. I had no idea what it would have done. Right. Um, but you know, um, I also am anxious and cautious about things like you know, traveling and being around other people. Cause I still, you know, I'm, I struggle during the summertime with like the heat and the impact that COVID had on my lungs, breathing, things like that. We have had those forest fires all last week. I was like, you know, out of breath by the time I got to the top of the hill with the dog and I was like, what, why am I having such a difficult time breathing? So, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm just a little more cautious as well.
1: Really good point. We talked about that uh, when Wendy was in New York. Uh, she just got home last week. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. I and the there's... meme
2: that was going around, the meme of New York City with all the smog yes. on it. You see that one? And then if you look really closely, Godzilla's like in the background.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I believe it because, I mean, the planet's burning up and we still, we we yeah. need to talk about that. It's, it's a real thing. And what a great example for New York City, especially having the worst uh, air in the world. And that's, you know, that's places where they have burning pits and tires and stuff like that. That that New York outdid. Uh, it was crazy. Yeah. And they said but not. He go. Was
2: there last week? He went to the sea. He was texting and uh, texting me, and he was also posting on um, Facebook and Instagram accounts like he was in New York with his wife, and he went to see Hamilton. He's like, "Oh, I'm seeing Hamilton." And I was like, "Did you like have to like?"
1: right like swim through the the smoke (laughs) yeah well when he couldn't go couldn't go out and she's in long island which is you know what 30 30 minutes from the city and um it was bad there she couldn't go on the boardwalk and it was it was crazy Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. yeah but those are other things but we talk about health and um you know, there's, there's things we can do about our health, too. And, you know, I think one of the things that's coming up is the Native Summer Olympics that uh, that's kind of near and dear to your heart that's coming up here.
2: Yeah. So um, this is a, um, a Summer Youth Olympics program that, uh, that several organizations in South Minneapolis and St. Paul are supporting. NAC is a supporter of it. We funded, um, we made a donation to the to the um, to the um, event. And then it was also supported by the Metropolitan Urban Union Directors Group. And it's, you know, one-day event happening, I think, at the end of this week on the 16th. So it's Friday um, from 3 o'clock to, um, I think, like 6 or 7. <clears throat> and, you know, it's their first time having it in quite some time. Um, especially since COVID. But um, what's why it's near and dear to my heart is because um, when I was a kid, um, uh, a young man, probably around the age of 13 or 14, And um, my mother started the Native American Youth Olympics, um, Summer Youth Olympics one year, kind of went around, got people to volunteer to be like, you know, um, refs and coaches and, you know, scorers and stuff like that for all the different games. It took place on um, South High Field, um, which is where I was going to high school at the time. And you know, I think I placed in track and field that year, which is probably the only thing I've ever done that even remotely, um, you know, is uh, aligns with some type of, you know, athletic achievement in my entire (laughs) life. Um, So, you know, that that also feels really good. But, you know, my mom did that um, program for a few years until she got too sick with cancer and then had to stop doing it and and then I moved away after that, and um, I wasn't really sure. But I remember when I came back, I wanted to try to reestablish that in our honor and our memory. And um, A couple of years ago, a bunch of us um, uh, who are MUD directors, Metropolitan urban Directors, so the people who lead all the Native organizations in South Minneapolis and in the um, and in St. Paul we got together at um, Sharon Day's house out in um, north of the uh, Twin Cities and we had a couple of series of um, you know, conversations about the state of our con- community and the concerns and the things we were really concerned about and you know um, Marlene Helgemo was still alive at that time and she sort of kind of facilitated the meeting and the gathering for us and we all talked uh, we went around the circle and all of us every single one of us talked about like you know what it was like to um to live in south minneapolis and to grow up in our community and when we were younger what it felt like you know we felt tighter as a community we felt you know we felt safe as young people i talked Mm -hmm. about growing up in south minneapolis and being able to ride my bike from my home at 31st and Minnehaha, all the way down the avenue, up and down the avenue all summer long, playing in the playing on the avenue in the in the community until nine or ten o'clock at night when it got dark, and then,
0: you know, getting home just
2: in time to avoid a beating from my mom. So, you know, those are great memories, and like our kids can't do that in our community anymore. We have so many challenges and problems. So let's do something for our kids that's fun and remind them, like you know, it's okay to be a kid. And it's actually really great to be a kid, and it's really great to be an active kid and get out and have fun and enjoy the outdoors and play with one another and build social relationships and stuff. So that's the intent of this um, community event, and it's our first one in a while, and we're going to continue to grow it and expand on it, and I'm a really proud supporter of this project. uh, NAC is a really proud supporter of it, and it aligns with a lot of what we're trying to do with our mission at NAC, which is to improve the health and well-being of our entire community, which includes our young people. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey,
1: uh, it's on 2500 Cedar Avenue in Minneapolis, and it's from uh, June 16th from 3 p.m. Yeah. to seven. And I see, uh, an event, I see an event here that I might have to shave my goatee and dye my hair to join in on. But this is uh, a water uh, balloon. Fight! I think I could get into that. And, yeah, uh, well, I, you
2: know, you might also be able to do the bounty house because there's not a whole lot of you know. All the kids could jump, and you can still go up and down. You don't know, I mean, have to put a lot of effort into it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't. I wouldn't have to shave my beautiful goatee off for that.
2: I can see myself participating in the cookout, like eating the food, <laughs> and you know, we really could mess ma- could... the hot dog stand. We
1: could we could definitely meddle in in that that's for sure
2: <laughs> exactly exactly first place in hot dog eating
1: <laughs> yeah definitely hey. but
2: like this is actually a really important thing too I was listening to this podcast about childhood obesity and I have a project working on that these are the kinds of things that NAC is also trying to do which is improve upstream the health and well being of our young people young healthy young people create healthy adults.
1: Yes, they do. Hey, we got Dr. Stately here for another segment, and then up after that, Wendy, and we're talking to. We're going to be talking a little bit our about our little uh, 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 Gracie who passed on this last week, and oh, how sad. Yeah, yeah, it was very, very sad. But we'll be talking about that in the last segment, and um, and move on from there. But. Um, mm-hmm. we're, you're listening to Native Ritz Radio presents I'm Awakening here with Dr. State Lee, President and Executive Officer of Native American Community Clinic.
3: Stay with us.
6: JNS Bean Factory is a Native owned, community supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on site from the best coffee growing countries in the world, located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff.
5: Your Blue Line Extension Project wants to hear from you. We are working on extending the Blue Line Light Rail into North Minneapolis, Robbinsdale, Crystal and Brooklyn Park and connecting it to our growing transit system. Tell us about your neighborhood, your business, your family, and what you need from Your Blue Line. Learn more and share more of your story at yourblueline.org. That's yourblueline.org.
0: On Saturday, June 17th, Metro Transit is making changes to transit service within your community. As they do each quarter, they review and analyze their resources and ridership trends. These service adjustments to routes continue Metro Transit's ongoing work to best serve customers throughout their system with their given resources. A summary of the upcoming service changes and a preview of the updated schedules are available now at metrotransit.org. That's metrotransit.org.
7: Did you know there are easy ways to support your child's brain development during their critical early years from age zero to three? Little Moments Count is a website which provides tools to help parents engage in simple everyday activities like talking, playing, reading, and singing with their children. Visit LittleMomentsCount.org for resources and support in giving your child a strong foundation for a lifetime of learning. That's
0: LittleMomentsCount.org. LittleMomentsCount.org. Hi, Matt McNeil for Rudy Luther Toyota. You've heard me talk about the Rudy Luther Toyota We Buy program. Now hear from someone who's actually done it, me, Our kid's car, the 2006 Toyota Sienna, served us well for 17 years, but it was finally time to say goodbye. The We Buy program is really simple. I gave them some basic information, we set up an appointment, and after a quick verification, they gave me an estimate and a check, and they made me a generous offer. It was that fast. See for yourself. Try the Rudy Luther Toyota We Buy program at RudyLutherToyota.com.
4: Hey, it's Tom. Fossil fuels continue to have negative impacts on our environment. Luckily, there are more ways now than ever to use renewable energy in your home or business. All Energy Solar offers smart energy solutions like custom solar paneling, electric vehicle chargers, and energy storage. Solar panel systems can last for decades, meaning you can help the environment and cut back on electric bills for years to come. There are incentives and rebates available to most people who install solar energy, too. Last year, the federal solar tax credit increased to a 30% tax credit. This incentive can be used in combination with other incentives from your utility, county, or city. But don't delay or miss out, as many of these incentives are limited to only a certain number of people. So have a professional from All Energy Solar help you discover how solar can power up your property while saving on your energy costs. Call 800-620-3370 or visit allenergysolar.com.
7: With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lillia. Partly cloudy tonight with a low of 58, then sunshine Tuesday with a high of 86. 30 Bales is your upbeat neighborhood restaurant celebrating everything Midwestern cuisine has to offer. 30 Bales is located on the corner of 11th Avenue and Main Street in Hopkins with plenty of free parking. Visit their website at 30bales.com.
2: You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen.
1: Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot.
3: This portion of the show is supported by Minnesota 350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice.
1: Hey, we're here with Dr. Stately, and we're talking a little bit about a lot of stuff as we usually do and we're, we're just ending the last segment talking about the native Summer Olympics, uh, that are happening on Friday, June 16th from 3 to 7 PM on 2500 Cedar Avenue in Minneapolis. And I know I'm going to make it out there for a little bit, uh, for sure. And, uh, it's supposed to be hot. So again, the, the balloon content, I'll bring my own balloons and, uh, maybe get you, uh, upside your head, Dr. Stately, when you're not looking. But uh, welcome back, and uh, that's exciting stuff uh, that you guys are doing, um, really, to get our our people engaged, our kids engaged in a safe way.
2: Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's, it's it's exciting. I can't wait to go and see the kids having fun and playing games and running in the park and, you know, yeah, doing all, just being physically active. I think one of the things that I would um I was closing out that last episode, that, that section of the episode about was, um You know, that was a that's a um, that really was the impetus impetus that came out of like this conversations we were having um, a year ago, um, with um, a little over a year ago, with them. Um, uh, you know, the group of directors that were um, meeting um, every month with Marlene and some of the other leadership to talk about, you know, how what can we do to. What are some of the things we can do, small steps we can do to take sort of like um, to begin to change things in our community and make, um, you know, as we come out of COVID, you know, try to make things better for our community and certainly having our kids um, feeling like they're something fun to do and, um, you know, get them out of their homes, get them out away from um, watching TV and being on um you know, devices, anything to kind of get them out and out and interacting with one another and remembering who they are is a really important thing. And I was thinking about this. um, I was listening to this podcast um, um, uh, last week um, on that radio station that we don't talk about here. (laughs) Um, And they were talking about, like, um, childhood obesity and how prolific it is. Like, the United States is in its fourth decade of having, obesity obesity as being one of its largest and most dominant public health crises um, in the United States um, in our modern time, right? And <clears throat> arguably, there's a lot of things that kind of happened, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago that changed The way that people consume their food, the way they um, started, you know, everything. But a lot of it starts with young people and the things that they eat and the things that the way that they live their lives um, and the way that we, um, you know, um, we raise young people that sets them on a trajectory of being either obese and having lots of health problems or not. And um, one of the things that um, they said that was interesting to me in that podcast they were talking about how you know we have created we've um it's a big political sort of like not political debate but a really heavily um discussed um uh, contention in some medical fields about like you know we have you know we've developed some newer technologies like the sleeve and instead of bariatric surgeries and those kinds of things the sleeve is a fairly um simple procedure where you um um, shrink the size of the stomach which doesn't help us to um, um, you know curb um, you know appetite and how much you can eat and those kinds of things we have ozempic and other more modern injectable and oral drugs that help us to curb um, curb um, and treat obesity and diabetes and kind of get people to kind of drop their weight fairly rapidly um, and we think nothing about giving these interventions to adults who have Um, you know, um, obesity is one of their primary um, health concerns, but we don't really think about like um, too much about the value of providing those opportunities, those health interventions to young people, in addition to changing their food and some of their behavioral habits, as well as eating and diet. But what's fundamentally interesting is that, you know, young people who have uh, obesity under the age of, you know, um, adolescents, early adolescents, when they are struggling with obesity as as a young person, they grow up to become adults who have obesity as a lifelong problem. And the majority of those people do not um, um, uh, ever see uh, um, a life where they're not obese. And all of the health problems that happen as a result of that. And so I do think like you know, it's a really common thing that we see, even in our Native community, is our young people struggling struggling to have, um, you know, a life in which they can be more active, not struggling with obesity and being at risk, greater risk for diabetes, heart hypertension and heart disease and a number of other problems. So it's yeah. kind of a real big focus of ours as well.
1: Yeah, it's amazing too. Um, I know you, by talking to you, you feed your family uh, and and make a meal And it looked pretty healthy. And, uh, you know, that's kind of gone away side too. We're in a fast food nation. I remember, again, I don't want to say when I was a kid, but when I was a kid, McDonald's was a treat. Now it's almost Mm -hmm. a necessity for people because of the price and because of how uh, easy, accessible it is uh, for people that are single family and, um, you know, those, those other things that go in there.
2: Yeah, there's a lot that rolls into that. Like, you know, imagine if you're a single mom or a single dad, and certainly there's been times when I felt like a single father raising my sons and, you know, like, you know, I've, I've, I've given them this share of chicken nuggets and, you know, Jesus chicken from Chick-fil-A and, you know, um, and they certainly love that and crave that. But I'm like really trying to pull back on that because I'm like, you know, these are not, you know, these are, these, like, these are one-offs once in a while. This is not where we should be going to the trough every single day for that. And also it's like, but it is, it's really easy to revert back to. And I, I typically, I currently, I do it all the time. Not consistently as nearly as much when they were younger because I'm more like paying closer attention to it. But if you're single and you have to work uh, really long hours or you have a really busy life, those kids are on the ice, you know, five days a week, you know, and it's like sometimes it's an easy fallback, right? It's an easy fallback. Um, It takes more commitment, more um, planning and a few other things to be able to do things like plan a meal ahead of time. So I have been doing things like over the beginning of over the last few years, I've been doing things like, you know, they eat like more taco meat per capita than any person on the planet. My kids do. And so I make a vat of it at the beginning of the week and that's what they eat all week long. And it's pretty healthy. It's, you know, yeah. it's, um, you know, so anyway, well, there's my- different strategies that you can take to sort of kind of achieve that. Um, and then saw- as an organization we're doing more around Indigenous food and partnering with organizations that want to advance Indigenous food in our communities.
1: So And that's huge, Dr. Stately. And one of the things, uh, I'll tell you a quick story because Wendy and I we did a little pre record at the for the last part of the show. And one of the stories is I watched Food Inc., that documentary, turned oh, it on to Wendy and she became a vegan the next day. I yeah. mean that's yeah. and and they had a whole segment about these migrant workers that that's all they could f- uh, buy because vegetables were expensive compared to these fast food things. So it's 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 set up too. But uh, uh, as you were saying, the native community is fighting back in a lot of ways with bringing back our traditional foods.
2: Yeah, and you know, I mean, there's so much things that you can that you. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many benefits to eating as a family and, like, making a meal together and sharing a meal together, you know. I think some of, like, think back to some of the things that I experienced. Like, when I remember, like, my our family wasn't too much unlike my family when my mom was busy. She's working at the Indian Center and she's working at Little Earth and stuff like that. But she had one rule. She was like, okay, dinner on Sunday night at 5 o'clock, everybody has to be home at the table. We're going to eat as a family. And, you know, she would, she would call that our powwow time, you know. And you know it was her time to have a conversation with us and talk to us about what was going on in our lives and and kind of you know and also also you know admonish us and direct us and you know tell us when we were not living up to her expectations and a few other things, but you know give us praise and all those other things There's a lot of value in sitting at the table with your family and sharing a meal and and, and also you know doing the business of being a family too right, right. and sharing story after so.
1: And it's healthier they say too, whether it's uh you're you're talking and letting gas out like if I eat alone i am a little more gassy um but you know those kind of things and but I'm not a yeah. doctor so I don't know if they
2: go hand in mm-hmm. hand um I don't yeah I mean you know there's probably, you you could be a medical experiment actually is what we can do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well we got uh like a <laughs> A couple minutes left, Dr. Stately, and uh, I'll let you spitball what uh, what's going on with the, the clinic or whatever you want to talk about, but I, I think it's important, too, to remind everyone that you guys just had an anniversary, and I want to say congratulations, and that's a huge Thank deal you. for being Thank in you, our bro. Native community.
2: Yeah, so we are celebrating our 20th anniversary. We're in the middle of um, launching a capital campaign. We're planning on building a new building. Um, at the front of our property, right on Franklin Avenue, there'll be a six-story building, two stories of clinic and four stories of housing to sort of like do our part to support um, our relatives who are living unsheltered um, in South Minneapolis. <clears throat> and, you know, unsheltered people have a lot of challenges in their lives. And one of the things that is a challenge is they don't get regular health care. Um, and as a result, they have all kinds of challenges, infectious disease, chronic diabetes, and other kinds of chronic conditions that go untreated for a very long period of time. And so in our new project, we're going to expand that, um, our footprint and also be able to do more of that specific work around addressing, uh, the critical needs of some of the most vulnerable people in our community. So I'm great. I'm deeply, deeply honored and proud to be the servant leader of this organization and to um and be leading it into the next you know decade or two of the work that i'll do that's fundamentally going to change the health of the community so
1: well and like uh, a lot of things we do here in minnesota uh we have the best and i'm sure a lot of people and tribes come from all over the country to see the great work that you do and um so that's just thank- amazing really amazing
2: thank you i appreciate it the accolades um they're not all they don't all belong to me i have a hundred and some people that work for me that are the most amazing um people on the planet they they work hard they work towards a mission they're mission driven and they really care about the community and they care about our relatives that come in every day so yeah wow. hey dr. Man.
1: dr stately thanks so much uh, for being on and uh Talking a little potpourri about a lot of things there, and I really appreciate you and appreciate the work you do and the Native American Community Clinic does all over Turtle Island here in the Twin Cities. I'm
2: sorry for your loss. I know you love that.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that a lot. Hey, you're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. Up next, Wendy and I, uh, speaking about our little Gracie. Uh, We'll be right back after this short break. Please stay with us. Hey, this is Robert Pilot. I taught in St. Paul Public Schools for over 25 years, and I want you to join the team and make a difference in our children's future. Right now, St. Paul Public Schools is offering hiring and retention bonuses up to $10,000 for a variety of teaching and classroom support positions for the next school year. Grow in a supportive and fulfilling public school setting. Limited bonuses are available, so don't delay. Apply at spps.org slash careers.
3: Get ready for the best and biggest fireworks selection at Fireworks City in Baldwin, Wisconsin. And now they have exciting news. Free stuff is back with a $200 or more purchase. But that's not all. They're bringing back their incredible get three for one low-price deal on all multi-shot cakes. Stock up on these incredible multi- shot cakes and get three for the price of one. At Fireworks City, we're your one-stop shop for all your firework needs. Located just 25 minutes from St. Paul, it's worth a short drive on i-94 to exit 19 and here's the best part buy one get one for 99 cents on every firework Don't just take their word for it. See all the fireworks in action on one of their many TVs. Experience the excitement firsthand and make an informed choice. Bring your family and friends and head over to Fireworks City in Baldwin, Wisconsin. Exit 19 off Interstate 94, Fireworks City guarantees a fun and family-friendly atmosphere. The best deal on fireworks is waiting for you. Buy one, get one for 99 cents.
0: On Saturday, June 17th, Metro Transit is making changes to transit service within your community. As they do each quarter, they review and analyze their resources and ridership trends. These service adjustments to routes continue Metro Transit's ongoing work to best serve customers throughout their system with their given resources. A summary of the upcoming service changes and a preview of the updated schedules are available now at metrotransit.org. That's metrotransit.org.
4: Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio.
1: And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. hey welcome back to native roots radio presents i'm awake and i'm your host robert pilot
3: this portion of the show is sponsored by howling for wolves protecting wolves for future generations well we kind of got a
1: special uh show here when and we got wendy here uh with our sacred animal uh, portion of the show that we've had on for over seven years, and I've learned so much. And it's kind of a somber day. Mm. I want to bring Wendy in uh, and introduce yourself real quick, and then let's get with it. Yeah. It's, it's hey,
6: exciting. everybody. My name is Hanaji Hihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Maidega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the state and local level. And it's always my pleasure to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So today, um, yeah, I I mean, I really, uh, how am I going to say this? We had to put our dog Gracie, Mm. the little white Maltese to sleep Uh, I guess it was Friday morning at around 12 a.m. So um, it was really sad. You know, she was uh, six. We had her for six years. Mm -hmm. We believe she was around 13, but we're really not sure because we adopted her as an older dog. And as many of you know, she was a puppy mill breeder dog in a uh, breeding facility. And um yeah our little Gracie we got her and she didn't really know anything around, about really being a dog you know she didn't know how to walk outside or walk on the grass or even drink water from a bowl because she was given you know like a automatic dispenser like a hamster has in their cage Jeez. so she she had she had to practice um drinking water out of a bowl mm. But you know what, Robert, after the six years that we've had her, um, and, and I think our other dog, Wanda, really helped her and showed her the way to be a dog, you know, yeah. to go outside and run around and play and bark at things and take walks and, and things like that. But then, um, Gracie developed a um, protein deficiency and her body couldn't absorb fats mm. any longer. So she was on special prescription food. She was on a few different medications that had to be given to her, um, multiple times a day. And she was doing okay. You know, we were all, we were managing it and she was seemed to be doing okay, but then she started having seizures. Mm. And I think that's what really, um, you know caused the decline in her so fast and those seizures did but the thing i really want to talk about today is just the grief of lo- losing a pet because Family. so many of us have pets right and they are family they are family robert you know i mean we wake up every morning to them we go to sleep at night with them you know and during the day they're part of our everyday routine and our lives Mm -hmm. um they all have different personalities and likes and dislikes and they're all individuals Mm -hmm. and uh i just found i found this um article and it's from chewy.com i don't know if People have heard of that, but it's it's an online uh, pet store, really. I mean, I always encourage people to use their local, you know, uh, pet store. We use mostly Chuck and Don's here. Mm -hmm. I think it's a Midwestern company. I'm not really sure because my and it's owned by people. Chuck and Don. I think so. Yes. (laughs) No, they're the real people. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we always encourage supporting a local. Pet store but Chewy.com is a place and you could even get prescriptions on Chewy.com and they have a really good um, advice here and they have six mental health tips for mm. coping with the loss of a pet um, I also want to send our condolences to um, Alice she's a friend of ours and um and a listener and a listener and um i know that she just is uh dealing with the loss of her kitty cat uh pepita so i just want to send out our um heartfelt condolences to you alice Mm -hmm. and you know i i really feel like the death of a pet needs to be put on the forefront more often than not i mean when a person dies you know, we have a wake, we have a funeral, we have time to mourn, we have people around us at all, at all that all that time, right, during mm-hmm. the ceremonies, and then we have memorials for people where people could come and speak about uh, the person, but we don't have that for pets. Oh. And I really feel like they should be acknowledged more at their death because it's really uh, profound.
1: In many ways, Wendy, yeah. I feel like. It, you know, when we lose a pet that's so close like this, mm-hmm. I kind of think about my, um, my life and, and how quick it's going to, you know, going and mm-hmm. things. I mean, I don't want to get dark, but it's kind of, you know, important thing to think about, you know, yeah. how long we are here too.
6: Right. Exactly.
1: And it's a good example how quick it
6: is. It is very quick. Yeah. So I, I think this, uh, six mental health tips for coping with the loss of a pet could be helpful f- for people. Um, again, they also even have, um, uh, an 800 number helpline that you can call if you're really You know, grieving your pet. I'm going to give that number. It's it's right here. It says, if you're feeling depressed, anxious, or need someone to talk to after the loss of your pet, Mm. support is available. And you can call 1-800, well, it's not 1-800, it's 800-662-HELP. Uh-huh. Yeah, and there's uh, it's free, it's confidential. Mental health treatment referrals and information. If you are in crisis, you can dial nine eight eight to connect with the suicide and crisis um, helpline, which is available twenty four seven. So there is um, help out there.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: And um, so the first one is like, don't fight your feelings. That's what it says, number one, because you feel this intense grief and it could really hurt. And it says here that you should not try to suppress it and you should go with it. And it says here, we need to acknowledge the loss of the animal companion and family member by expressing our grief and not holding it in, says Chris A. Um, I can't say her. La- her last name is Kevorkian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know Dr. Kavorkian. Yeah. I wonder if she's related. But she's a PhD, MSW, mm. who holds a doctoral agree degree in this type of um, bereavement. Mm. So uh, it's important to do that. So, you know, feel your feelings. Mm. Number two, give yourself time, right? You need time. Grief does not have an expiration date.
1: It took us a long time after uh, Mickey and Pancho yeah. left us, and they were— passed away within a week of each other
6: mm-hmm.
1: and that was devastating it took us a while to jump into the right. dog pet arena
6: exactly and three take care of yourself go on walks exercise uh work on crafts spend time with supportive people enjoy the outdoors number four find a support network right try to talk to other people and pet lovers and people who have lost their pets and just talk to them about mm. that. Uh, number five, teach healthy coping skills. And this is for children who live in the home where their pets have died. Mm-hmm. Saying goodbye to a pet is difficult for everyone in the family. And if you have children, it's likely their first experience with yeah. death. So they really need to uh, do that. Plan plan a memorial service. This mm. is something that a guy was talking about, right? Plan mm-hmm. something even if it's just a few people um, to get together in memory and to talk about. I know Robert and I, we went for a walk mm. and we just um, mm. yesterday, we went for a long walk yesterday and we talked a lot about the memories.
1: Good
7: memories. That,
6: yeah, that we have with Gracie. And you know, here's the thing. We got her at six years old. She had a bad life before she came to yes. us. I know that we gave her a great life. Like I have no, uh, regrets about that we took really really good care of her and she had a great life and Mm -hmm. she lived till she was 13 we're not really sure she could have been older but she was at
1: least 13 and we had her for six years we don't know how old she was
6: right exactly so um we have no regrets about that, but we're still sad. We still yeah. miss her. Like I, I, like I said to Rob before, I feel like I'm looking down at the floor because she was always under my feet, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm looking for her. I'm, you know, when I come down in the morning, I'm looking for her. So we all need to take care of our grief and take care of ourselves, uh, during this difficult time and whoever is having problems out there. Um, you can call the 800 number. I'll just say very quickly again, eight hundred six six two help,
1: yeah, it's a geeky, Wendy. Thank you so much, and again, our pets are our family, yes. and we miss them dearly mm-hmm. and but we also have really good memories and uh I just wanna say we only got a few seconds left here. uh, the great job you did at the city council talking about her and not knowing how to walk on leaves and grass and
6: thank you from the
1: puppy mill, yeah, she'll be ever forever in our memory.
6: Adopt, please do not shop.
1: We'll be back tomorrow. This is Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake.
6: Free Leonard Peltier.